Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. I'm so excited. I love to talk about how to feel better because this is something that's within your power. And before we do that, how are you doing, my friend? What's new? And the reason I ask that question is that I used to despise that question. I did not like it. And anytime we have such a strong urge to something, it's typically an obstacle we must overcome. So the reason I didn't like it is that I used to have a lot of drama in my life. I indulge in the drama, I would have pity parties. And so anytime somebody would say what's new, I'd like have to tell them, oh, here is the latest of how I'm being screwed. Here is the latest of what is happening to me. Can you believe it? And so as I moved out of that swampland and living in those pity parties for myself, I wanted to be in this place of calm. I wanted to be in this place of neutral. So I didn't want anything new. I felt like my life was pretty much Groundhog's Day. I coached my clients. I coached the monsters. I had my family. And then it was get up and start all over. And I liked that. I liked living in that area of being comfortable in the calm and learning how to actually enjoy it and embrace it. So for the longest time, I didn't really want what was new. And not that there wasn't new, but I liked the redundancy of it. I liked the familiarity of it. And I honestly, I was building a business and there's always something new with the monsters. So there were things that were challenging me, but there wasn't the drama. And then one day my girlfriend said, you know, what is really new? And I had to think about that. Because what what's up? What am I pursuing? How am I evolving? And I really thought about that. And instead of being afraid of it or despising it, I want there to be new things where I'm the deliberate creator of, not of things that are happening to me, not bad news, not those kinds of things, but how am I being the deliberate creator in my life and pursuing the things, the relationships, the life that I really want. And that's what's exciting about what is new. So it doesn't have to be anything fancy. I have had like this year, I had the amazing woman dinner that I hosted and I invited some friends over. That was new. And yes, there were many shit storms because I've had to deal with food and cooking and having friends over and bringing in different people from different parts of my life. And that was fantastic. So when you think about what's new, what is it you want to create? And it's not about drama. It's just about creating something new. And so with this, what's new is that, yes, I'm growing and I'm evolving and I'm practicing being vulnerable. And this is the work I do with clients. And we don't want to be vulnerable, right? Because there's uncertainty, emotional exposure and risk. We want to know that if we put ourselves out there and host a dinner party, that people are going to want to come, but they could say no, and they may not want to come, or maybe they don't like you. And we're so afraid of that, that maybe we don't host it, or maybe we don't ask a friend for coffee because we're afraid of that. Because what if they think, oh, I don't really want to go out to have coffee with Corinne. But why not be brave and create new, create new friendships, create new environments for yourself. Not all of it has to be new. We can cultivate new friendships, new relationships. So one of the things that I have been focusing on is what is it I want to create? What is it I want to do? And of course, 
right? There's still a lot of stuff that I'm busy with my normal stuff. I'm busy with coaching my clients and coaching the enough group members that I have and the podcast that I've been doing for almost 12 years. Next month will be 12 years. Writing blog posts for you, you know, writing the Sunday love, all in the Sunday loves, those have been new in the last year, year and a half. So those are new things that I'm doing and those are part of my weekly routines. But there's other stuff that I've been doing new, right? I've been doing lots of consults from this upcoming enough group that I'm going to have. And it's been so awesome to put together this group of women because that's one of my superpowers is bringing communities and building communities and putting them together in this next group. So that's been new. And while the consults aren't something that, you know, I love to fill my calendar with or have a lot of space in my calendar, but to be able to bring this group of people, it's been awesome. So that's new. And the reason that these women are joining the enough group, I'm so excited about them. So this is a new thing that's going to be happening, right? It's the next enough group. And they're joining because they want to let go of self-doubt. They're overachievers. They've achieved great success, or they've created certain parts of their life the way that they wanted. And then there's other areas that they don't. Or instead of, they understand, you know, perfection is the birthplace of shame, but they hide it and do perfect in a different way right? We, we live perfection in the, oh, I can't get this out until it's all done in the way that I deem respectable. And we make it be perfect that way without calling it perfect. We say, oh, but this is the way it's presentable because then I'll, I'll have more clarity instead of just shipping it. So they join this group because I'm so excited for this next upcoming group, but they want to let go of that self-doubt. They want to have confidence in their in more areas of their life. They may have it in certain arenas. You can probably resonate. Maybe you really have confidence being a mother, or you really have confidence being a doctor or a lawyer. And then this other area of your life, you don't have confidence. Maybe you don't have confidence in your marriage. Maybe you don't have confidence in raising kids. And I know that's a shit show for a lot of people right? Where it's one of the most vulnerable things that we do and the most gut-wrenching things that we do. And then they want to show up and be brave in their lives. Well, actually nobody wants to show up and be brave, but I convinced them and it's research backed with Brene Brown's work of that's the pathway to get what we want, to have belonging, to have connection, to be willing to be vulnerable. We have to be brave. All the things that I talk about, having courageous conversations, to do meaningful work, to be a leader in your life, to think differently than what you've been programmed to think. I have a lot of clients who are lawyers or former lawyers and the conditioning that they went through of how they're supposed to work in the world of work. And then they have jobs outside of the law field and they get in their way because they're like, but wait a second, these are the rules. But I remind them that that's not the rule of where they're currently working. And that was a way in one system, but not necessarily their, their current rules for work. So I'm just excited. That's a new thing that's coming up and we're going to be starting. I have a couple more spots left and I'm doing consults all next week to uh, finalize the final roster. And then here's my next new thing. So I've got the enough groups happening. have my coaching clients. And then this is going to be my own vulnerability of I'm speaking again. I took a bit of a break because I was so busy with my work here and really trying to reduce travel now that I've got, I guess the other new thing is one of my daughters is launched. She's off to school. She starts school next Wednesday, but she started preseason training because she's swimming a couple weeks ago. So she's gone, she's out. And that's been interesting because I was in quite a bit of denial thinking, oh, she'd come home, you know, it's, and no, she's really happy where she's at. She's not coming home to visit. She's barely coming home to grab her stuff to move into the dorms. 
So that's the other new thing. But in October, I'm going to be speaking again. And I'm, so I'm traveling to Texas, which is great. I seem to be going to Texas quite a bit these days. And I'm going to be speaking at Courage Camp, which is Brene Brown's event. And I'm really excited, but I know it's going to be um, another shit show in my brain, right? About, and you should have heard my brain this week. I was like, well, what am I going to have to say? I can get it all done in five minutes. And here I am eight minutes into this show and we haven't even talked about how to feel better. So, and then this morning I was able to create a draft and I have a pretty good feeling about it. And I'm just going to be committed to the best case scenario of really develop, really delivering value to the people that are coming to hear me speak. And then later this year, I just, this just got, um, I was just asked yesterday, but I'm going to be speaking in Napa. Um, so I've got a couple speaking engagements and I'm going to be working on that aspect as well. So Right now, I have a lot of new going on for a woman who doesn't really like new because I kind of like the redundancy. There's more and more new that's happening as I'm opening my door and I'm letting go of those stories that I don't like new or my life is always the same. Yes, they're very consistent. Married to the same guy for 25 years. I live in the same house. I've really lived in, oh my gosh, for almost as long. And I do, you know, I coach the Aqua Monsters. I have my clients. I have the Enough Group. I have this podcast, which is going to be 12 years next month. So there's a lot of consistent and same, and there's a lot of new, and there's a lot of growth, and it feels so good, and it feels scary at the same time. And that, my friend, is what it taught, what it's really about when we evolve and grow to the next level. Those shame gremlins still like to carry on with us because they like to be in the back of our head to tell us who do we think we are, uh, who do you think you are, you're too much, you're not enough. All of those same voices are there, but then you go out and you pursue what it is you want to create. Again, it can be a dinner party. I'm not saying you have to go and speak or you have to coach or you have to run groups or you have to travel or any of that stuff. It's what is it you want to create. And so there's where my year started with the... Um, the amazing woman dinner. And I need to, I was thinking about it this morning, having them. And I've had a lot of parties that I've hosted in this year, which is kind of interesting because that is not who I am or what I do, but I've been doing it. All right. So I have a lot of new going on. What about you? And really ask yourself that not from a place of comparison and despair, because that's just indulgent and we don't need that. Instead, think about what do you want new in your life? And maybe it's a new haircut. Maybe it's a new routine where you go and walk with a friend and looking at that, like there's new friends that I am making in my life of people that I've met in other various sorts. And I'm going, hey, these are people that I like. I like the conversations that we have. And I'm creating those relationships. I'm showing up. I'm asking for what I want. And yes, there can be that voice in the back of my head like, oh, really? Corinne's just stalking me. Why can't she just leave me alone? That's this little voice in my head. And I just own it. And we, I have a lunch date tomorrow. I'm so excited. That's new. It's a new friend. We had coffee last week. We're having lunch tomorrow. I'm very excited about that. So go out and create. And now we're going to talk about, we're doing a deep dive on how to feel better because I want everybody to feel better. And it doesn't mean that we stuff down the bad feelings because most of us have done that. I did that with all that emotional overeating I used to do with those three bowls of ice cream and I was numbing myself and thinking that, oh, see, Corinne, you've had a really hard day and you deserve this really big bowl of ice cream. And then the second really big bowl of ice cream and then the third and then that just left us self-hatred. It didn't actually lead to feeling better. I numbed. I got a bit of dopamine hit. I numbed. And then 
and went totally inner gladiator on myself and beat the crap out of myself and hated myself and distrusted myself. Most of us live in kind of that zone and territory where we're beating up ourselves, but we want to feel better. I mean, this is our one precious life. So how do you want to spend your energy? How do you want to spend your brain juice? How do you want to feel as you go through your day? In this, my friend, the good news that I have for you is that feeling better is an inside job. It's an inside job where you can go inside and feel better because we think how we feel is determined by our circumstances, by the degrees that you have, by the title you may have, by how much money you make, by are you married or not, by where do you live, by, you know, just athletes of, oh, did I achieve something, right? I always thought, oh, once I achieve this, then I'll be worthy. It was the biggest lie. It's one of the many lies that we tell ourselves because then you get there and you're like, oh, wherever I go, there I am. And that unworthy person has now achieved this, but she's still unworthy, which is that feeling of shame. So we don't want to live in shame. We're going to feel it, but we want to feel better. And it's not about numbing. And that's really, really important because really you want to feel the wide range of feelings. We just don't want to live in the negative feelings, live in the swamplands. That's what's really important, right? Brene will say, and her research shows us that if you numb the bad feelings, you numb the good feelings. And for a while there, if you remember my story in the beginning, when that question of what's new was asked, I was in that kind of place in the middle. I wasn't numbing, but I really didn't want to have the drama, the low lows and the high highs. So I thought, okay, just this calm, nothing new, keep it set, settled, keep it stable and getting used to that space. And now I can experience the whole wave of emotions. I can feel experience shame and there are days that I do. And often it's slight. And it's that voice, like I said earlier this week, went, really, Corinne, what are you going to talk about? I think my speech is for an hour. For an hour, you can get it all done in five minutes. And that was just the shame gremlin coming up and being critical and saying, really, what value do you have? And that did not help me figure out anything. I just started to get a little nervous and get a little panicky. And I know you may say, oh, but this is a great way to ignite us. The problem is, is that if we keep going to this, our adrenals, we will then create fatigue. We will then create exhaustion. And then we don't have the energy to go create and have lunch with a friend, a new friend, or be brave in other areas. Maybe it's about writing something that you believe in or speaking your truth or joining a committee at school so that you can serve your child's school or the district. Whatever it is that you're choosing to go after and create, when you don't deal with your shame and figure it out, it's going to cost you so much more in energy versus, oh, here's that voice. Okay, I know I'm going to speak for longer. I'm pretty good at talking and using a lot of words. And I want it to be con- you know, concise where people understand in where it can be effective for the people that are coming to hear the message that I'm going to share. And then from that place where it's much more compassionate, I was able to create the outline of what I'm going to do. It's not all finalized. It's not all finished. I didn't have that much time this morning, but it was something that I was able to put down. And so now I've got my, as Anne Lamont says, my shitty first draft, which is great because it's not a blank piece of paper anymore. And I have some ideas and I'm going to work on it. And I still have a few more weeks or a month or something before I go to speak anyways. So feeling better is an inside job. It's not the outside, right? It's not 
It's not what somebody says to us that makes us feel a certain way. It's how we interpret it. So if somebody gets mad at us and says, how dare you go off and do this thing, you know, it could be to me, how dare you go and travel and leave us behind? You know, don't you realize you have all this stuff to take care of? That really doesn't have to do with me. It has to do with them and where are they feeling and what are they doing? But if I have a belief of I'm a bad person or I'm a bad mom, because I'm traveling, leaving my family behind, which actually they always ask me, when are you leaving? When are you traveling? Because as a family, they'll go to Chinese food when I'm gone at least once. So they get excited. But I used to have the story when I used to travel and they were younger of, oh, I'm such a bad mom. I'm leaving my kids behind. My kids have a great time when I'm gone. Not that it's really that much different except for one Chinese dinner out, but they have a great time and they're okay that their dad is taking care of them, they're taking care of themselves, and they're going to be okay for when I come back. So feeling better is an inside job. Know what you are feeling. The next thing is to feeling better is that you need to know and understand your feelings. What are you feeling? I talk a lot about shame. We need to understand shame. If we don't, it will control us. It hijacks our life. And that's where, have you been in experiences with people where they've just offloaded pain? They've come at you like a ton of bricks because they may not be feeling their feelings and trying to disconnect from shame. And so they're gladiating onto you. Or maybe they believe you have power over them. So they're telling you what they think you want to hear when you're asking them a question and you don't want what you, what they think they want. You want their honest answer and their approval whoring to you because they're trying to disconnect from shame. Or maybe you're reaching out to somebody and they're in their own shame and they're disconnecting, right? And then you're thinking, hmm, maybe they don't like me. Maybe I am too much and see how shame becomes highly contagious. So it's so important to understand your feelings and be able to name it and understand the difference between a feeling and a thought, A feeling is an emotion and it is one word, shame, fear, frustration, anger, sadness, joy, compassion, curiosity, empowerment, love, gratitude. Those are all great feelings that we love to have. So let's have those and dial those up instead of those difficult feelings. They're going to come up. I guarantee you, if you're willing to be vulnerable, if you're willing to be brave in your life, you're going to feel those other feelings. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel disappointment. You're going to feel embarrassment. You're going to feel fear. And it's all, they're all feelings. And we want to feel the range of them because then we can appreciate the good feelings when we have the bad. Not that you need to go and search out the bad feelings. There's plenty of opportunities. A thought is the stories we tell ourselves. It's one sentence. So often, I coached a client this week where she said, I don't feel supported in her marriage. She goes, I don't feel connected. And her solution was, I need a divorce. You know, he doesn't respect me. He doesn't love me. He says mean things to me, right? And those are the things. And she went on and on and and she was in so much pain and suffering because of the stories that she was telling herself. And there was some truth. There were things that he said that wasn't very nice, right at first. And not that that's ever okay. And she wasn't in physical harm either. So that's something that's important. And I'm not saying that being an emotional harm is okay. I'm just saying that she had these stories about what he was telling her and what she made them mean. And so our feelings come from our thoughts. They're never from somebody else's actions. Because remember, feelings are an inside job. 
when you can understand your feelings and understand other people's, most of us are emotionally illiterate. We don't understand, right? Most people don't, and that's why they'll offload pain because it becomes really reactionary. But we, we can feel our feelings and know where it is in our body and know what the feeling is. It allows us to be more resilient. And I learned this years ago with Brene Brown when she was talking about, you know, the shame, where she could feel shame and her shame symptoms and how important it was to know it because then you can identify it's it's kind of like I'm going to use this and it may be a bit TMI, but when you have your period and you're about to have your period, you're when the more in tune you're in with your body, you know, oh, it's going to be coming. And so I need to be prepared right? Versus when maybe you're in seventh grade and you quite aren't prepared and then there's a big old accident. So when you can be aware of your shame symptoms, it allows you to move through it. And that becomes really important. So our feelings come from our thoughts, right? And when you want to feel better, it's about changing your stories. So like with this client, when she had the story of, I don't feel supported, he doesn't support me in my marriage or in in my life, right? and the circumstance was her marriage, she felt judgment and she would judge herself and she felt his judgment. And when she felt that, she got small in her own life. She didn't believe in herself and she blamed him and she withdrew from the marriage. And the result of all of that is she became disconnected from the marriage and she's filled with self-doubt. And this is why shame, shame being highly contagious is so important because he may have had shame He got afraid of her wanting to go do an activity. He offloads to her and says mean, hurtful things. She has a belief he doesn't support me. And then look what happens. She also doesn't feel good. So shame is highly contagious. But when we can pay attention to the stories. So then the next thing she and I did is that we worked on, okay, well, what is possibly true? And she eventually said, because she first was really stuck to her story, like, no, I have to leave. He's, you know, it's not a healthy marriage. And then she said, oh, after he said those mean things, a few days later, he felt really bad. And he said, well, I'm just afraid that you're going to get physically hurt with this new activity. And when she had that and could, could hold on to that belief and really say, oh, okay, he is afraid of the new things I want to do, instead of feeling judgment, she could feel frustration that he's not really on board. He has some issues about what she wants to do. She gets a little grumpy with him, but she's able to go and do the activity that she does. She doesn't let him impede her vision of what she wants to do. And she also makes sure that she doesn't get injured because that's a high concern, you know, being a middle-aged person. And then the next way that we, we eventually work towards is that he is offloading his pain and he is scared too of how I could get hurt and she could feel more compassion. When she felt compassion, she could then instead of reacting to him and withdrawing, she could explain of, you know, of course, you know, I understand that I could potentially get hurt and that's not what I want to do. And I'm going to be really committed to be vigilant to make sure that I am safe as I do this activity. And then they can have connection. But so that's how you feel better is by changing what you make things mean by changing the stories in your head. And that becomes so important. So one is you have to know your feelings. Two is you have to know your stories. I talk about this all the time. This is mindset. It sounds so simple. It's very simple yet. 
it's so complicated, right? Because we've been taught, think about the programming. I still am scarred by my you know, college, my freshman year. And this was 1990, my freshman year, where I had to write a 10-page paper. And I thought, what am I going to do to fill up the words, right? And trying to make my margins smaller and stuff so I can fill up the pages. And I think sometimes that carries over is that when I'll be coaching people, especially new people, they think that there's all this stuff and we're really good at story fondling. The thing is, it comes down to really simple thoughts, right? I'm not enough. I'm too much. I'm a fraud. I'm a bad person. There's something wrong with me. Those are the things. My story was, I'm a loser from loser street. We all have our limiting beliefs. This isn't possible for me. I'm not able to be in a lasting marriage. Relationships aren't something that's possible for me. Money doesn't happen to people like me. It's not possible for me to be at my ideal weight. Those thoughts are really, really painful. They're all one sentence. And I'm sure as I spoke them, some of them really resonated with you. You could feel it. You could feel that shame that came inside because it was a trigger for what you already believe. And so the work to do is to change that story. And that is how you feel better. And we, if we want to feel like the three feelings that I like people to explore and we can dial up our compassion, empowerment, love. And when I think of empowerment, it can even be confidence, right? But so compassion. So what are what brings up this feeling of compassion? And so anytime, when, and I explained this to my client, I said, well, your husband's your teacher, because as you do this work and you realize, okay, he can say what he says, it may not be okay, especially in some of the manner he may say it. But when you cannot be attached to it, you're going to have done your work because it's just his opinion. It's not a fact. And so then he becomes your teacher on how you can overcome that obstacle. And this is what I was talking about earlier in the show today. It's about overcoming that obstacle. And what is it that I really believe? And when you can believe it, even when maybe those who are supposed to support you may not because they're in their own shame storm. So one of the things that helps me dial up compassion is the question or the statement isn't that fascinating? I love that. Like, isn't that fascinating? Wow. This is how this person's reacting right now. Right? Sometimes they say like, okay, what's this really about? Because the knee jerk is, oh, I did something wrong. I am bad. Another great question that can dial up compassion for me is, what can I learn from this? And I can tell you this, if somebody's coming after you and attacking you and gladiating you, you may not be able to do that in the moment. You may have to put on some armor, but then after you walk away and you're safe and emotionally safe, then for you go, what can I learn from this? Just like I helped my client, like what can she learn as her husband offloads pain for her not to take it on? Because guess what? If not him, there's going to be somebody else because it happens in workplaces. It happens with other family members. This happens throughout. Another thought for towards compassion is I give myself permission to have boundaries in my relationships. Because compassionate people have boundaries. And in my Facebook Live today, another new thing I've been doing for my Facebook at Becoming Enough group that I have is the idea that boundaries are compassionate because they help people know what to expect. They People are able to understand what is okay and what's not okay. What are the rules for this relationship? And what's okay of how I treat you? What are the expectations? If you want to feel empowered, one of the things that you can tell yourself, especially when there's a problem, is I'm resourceful. 
I can figure things out. I will figure this out in time. I love that one because there's a bit of compassion. And the other one that I like to remind myself is that uh, I'm resourceful because I used to have a belief of, oh my gosh, this shouldn't be happening, which then was a shame trigger because of course, if this is happening, it was because I was a bad person, right? So then I just started reminding myself, oh, I'm resourceful. I'll figure it out. If you want to feel love, it can be, I get to be with me today and this is fantastic. And I can tell you this, that didn't always feel that way. I was so dependent on other people filling me up, but I was such a drain for them because when being an approval horn is like, do you like me? Do you like me? Can I take your energy? Can I siphon it off? Versus what can I give myself? How can I be responsible with my own energy? And I'm not saying you have to go this alone because we're not hardwired to do that, but loving yourself and enjoying the time that you have with yourself. Loving yourself is also a way of saying, I am enough right here, right now. And love is also, I am worthy of belonging to myself and to others. Where you love yourself and can fill yourself with love because then you have more to give to other people. So those are examples of how what you can say to dial up those feelings. And here's the thing. I want, you know, take them, steal them, practice them, see, try them on, see if they work. You're going to have to practice them for a couple of weeks. It's not, you know, I always say I'm not the fairy godmother. It's not bippity boppity boop. It takes practice and you have to see like, okay, it does this, is this resonating with me? And also notice what's the gremlin saying in the back of your head? Seriously, is this going to work? You know, Corinne's just being a little crazy, whatever, just notice what they're saying back in the back of your head. But your thoughts create your feelings. And as you figure it out, you may take some of my words and then tweak them to your own. And that's okay. Start there because that can be your shitty first draft. And then you tweak it and you make it better yours and you create your own. So the final step in how to feel better is you must practice. It takes practice. Remember, there's no fairy godmother. It's not a magic of a wand. You practice, you commit to it, you show up and you do it. And if you go to the show notes, I'm going to have my how to feel better workbook where you can download and get that copy of that and do it. It's, it's a little workbook where you go through and do the exercises. Now, here's the thing. For those of us, and I know I'm like this because I like to be efficient, I like to be effective, and I want to be, you know, a quick learner and move on. It's not a one and done workbook. Just because you fill it out doesn't mean that once you fill it out, you're fine. You have to fill this out every day. In fact, you may need to fill out four of these in one day because you're taking your thoughts and then you're creating new thoughts. And then you're having to remind yourself, what are these new thoughts that I'm committing to? right? I committed to many years ago, I am resourceful, I can figure things out. So now when an obstacle comes in and a problem comes out, my knee jerk isn't, oh, this shouldn't be happening. And it's happening because I'm a bad person. I'm like, oh, I'm resourceful. I'll figure this out. Or now when I'm going through and doing hard things or being vulnerable, I'm like, oh, I'm being brave. This is me practicing bravery. This is me practicing vulnerability. And I remind myself of that. And I talk to myself this way over and over. 
And that, my friend, is a compassionate practice. So it takes practice to get out of the intellectual where you understand it sounds all great and we can sit back and be passive learners and listen to this podcast versus when we take action, we show up, we're going to fall down, you're going to screw it up, you're going to put in the wrong answers and that's okay. And you continue to practice and then you start to get it and you start to feel better. And you're like, oh my gosh. And you get to the other side, like my clients, and they're like, this is amazing. I've had clients who have looked at this work and said, I can't do it. I can't feel, I'm so anxious right now. I can't feel that feeling because it will take me down where now they've really gotten to an understanding of this thought work and not understanding. They live it and they can manage their mind and they can feel their feelings without getting taken down. And they're just kicking butt as they are deliberate creators in their life and showing up. And then guess what? The anxiety is coming back because they're being brave and they're creating what they want and they're getting the work and the recognition at work that they want. And they're like, oh no, I have to prove. So they're going back to the approval whoring. It's like, no, no, come back over here. You don't have to prove. Own your story, own your value. So I give you that is that how you feel better is that it's an inside job. It's not what somebody else does. It's not what somebody else says. It's how you believe about yourself. It's what you believe about yourself. It's recognizing your feelings and you're going to have all the feelings and that's okay. Feelings last about 90 seconds. We perpetuate them with our stories. Think of them as like waves from the ocean. And then our feelings come from our thoughts. So what are the stories you're choosing to tell yourself over and over and over? We are so amazing at telling ourselves the crappy stories and living in these horror films. I'm really good at it, right? Where we can live in these horror films and tell us all the, ourselves all the stuff instead of being deliberate about what it is we want to believe about ourselves and to feel better and to enjoy feeling better. And here's the thing, feeling better is not a limited resource. You can feel better. And sure, in 15 minutes, I may be really sad about something. And that's okay, because then I can come back and feeling better. The only thing that we are really limited in is time, because once we move through time, you can't go back and get it right? So that's where we're really limited. But money and feelings, we can create more feelings, we can have more experiences. And it's a fantastic thing. So that's great news for you on how to feel better. So I want you to go out there, create what's new for you. And remind yourself, you have the ability to feel better. It doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle with your own sadness, depression or anxiety, but you can move through it instead of adding dirty pain to it. And here's a couple of examples, right? Because there was Viktor Frankl and who wrote Man's Search for Meeting and he was an Auschwitz survivor and going through that horrendous circumstance where he lost his wife and his parents. But he had a belief and that's what gave him the desire to live and that will to live and to come out the other side and then to create a lifetime where he pursued and had meaning and purpose and going through after going through one of the most horrific experiences that a human can go through. Or Nelson Mandela in his imprisonment. And these two men, these two humans, did not let these horrendous, non-humane circumstances define them. And they created a better belief and they had purpose. So my friend, you can feel better doesn't mean that you're happy-go-lucky or you're Pollyanna sunshine. You're going to feel all the feelings and it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're weak. If you feel bad feelings, they're feelings. Remember Todd Mason or not Todd Mason, Todd Cushton 
Cushton from George Mason University, he wrote The Upside of the Dark Side, right? Negative feelings are here to give us information. It's not bad. We can check in with, are those stories true, right? Just because somebody has an opinion of you doesn't mean it's fact and it doesn't mean it's true. Maybe they don't like you and that is okay because they may not be your person. They may not be your people and that is okay because if you create room and let them go, you create room for other people. There's other people that you can have in your life. And wouldn't you rather spend time with people who love you and love all of you and love you authentically instead of you having to be the person you have to be to fit in? So you have the ability to feel better. It takes practice. It takes a willingness to feel your feelings and understand, but you can do it. And I gave you the steps here. So I'm so excited for you as you go and practice how to feel better. You can also go to the show show note, show notes link to download my how to feel better workbook and practice. You have to do the work, really write it down, get it out of your head. It's so much more effective than to do it in your head. We're all really busy people and we all want to say, oh, I'm just doing it in my head. That's going to be just the slower road. And if you're okay with that. All right. So are you asking yourself, Corinne, this all sounds great. I love this. This makes sense. But I get stuck doing it by myself. I know, I know. So one is you can create an accountability partner. Get another friend, take this podcast, write it down, do the work, practice, check in with each other once a week and keep practicing. Use that mindset worksheet and or workbook, excuse me, and do the work. If you're like, well, there's nobody that I can do it with, then you may be a potential candidate for my enough group. Not that they don't have people to do it with, but they want to come and be a part of this group and move through it. So either go find somebody or you can apply for my enough group and be a part of that experience because we're on this path to have personal development, personal growth, and evolve to the next level of ourselves, having confidence and believing in ourselves and being enough and allowing our strengths and our flaws to all be there. We don't have to be perfect. Think there are many flaws throughout this episode today. It doesn't mean that the content in here wasn't valuable and that if you put this content to use, it won't change your life because it will. So I invite you to build a team. Maybe this is your what's new to go get a friend to do this work, to come and apply for the enough group to do this work. Like I said, I'm going to be doing consults next week. And then we get started with the enough group. So I love this enough that I've coached, I've created. It's fantastic. You can go to how she really does it forward slash enough and apply. And I'm, as I'm taking applications, I'm sending out invitations for our consults and you and I will get on the phone. Yes, it's me. People often get on the phone. They're like, I didn't think it would be you. I figured it'd be somebody else. I'm like, no, it's me. Cause I want to make sure you're the right fit for the group and the group is the right fit for you. And so I do the calls and until next time I'm smiling big for you. You've got this and you can feel better. Go out and practice. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.